Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Northridge. It's going to be good to see you today. We're uh, this is the 23rd of July, 2023. We're talking. We're going through the Psalms right now. We're going to do Psalm uh, Psalm 40. I'm sorry, Psalm 34 today. Uh, talks about God's protection and God's comfort in our life. So we're going to have worship with uh, Mike and Matt and Patty and Kristen today, and it's a fresh bread with Katie Matthews today. And so let's open with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the day you've given us to, uh, to enjoy being with you, to fellowship with you and with the body of Christ, our friends, Lord, and our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I pray that you'll just bless this time together and use it for your glory and help us to grow spiritually today and help us to learn more about how to live our life in a way that honors you. For we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, good morning, guys and gals. We're going to start off with rest on us. Over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart. When you feel the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me come. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart. When you feel the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you won't feel me. Open up the gates, let heaven on in. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come down. Come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you won't feel me come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me. You're all we want. Oh, 
Revisiting the song "Breathe and Yearn," uh, "Breathe" is a is a classic worship tune from the from the '90s um, that kind of encapsulates what what I was talking about in "Fresh Bread" last week. Like, do we yearn for the Lord? Do we is He the air that we breathe? And and um, how do we how do we do that? And I think just just asking for the for help to do that. And then just practicing it like we do in this song. So let's um, let's try to dial in, into that with where our hearts are at this morning. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living 
Announcements. Uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks for being with us on Facebook. Join us today. Um, hope everyone's been having good vacations. Lots of vacations going on. Uh, we just got back from a family vacation. It was great. We did it during the week. Um, surprisingly, still very busy where we were. 
So uh, it's just a lot. Of t- this is the time where a lot of people are on vacations, and and that's it's great. Summer's a great time to go on vacation. So hopefully you're able to rest up. We don't have the brutalness of the of the cold weather right now. He can be a little brutal too, but to me it's not as bad. I know. I know. Yeah, we're not in Texas or Florida, so uh, thankful for, for that. Sorry if you're joining us from Texas or Florida. <laughs> um, so a couple, couple quick announcements. Um, we have some resources over there you can, you can check out. Please take um, uh, Daily Breads, our newsletter. Um, we have some, uh, some like New Testaments, and we have some different materials over there. Please take those. They're free. Uh, we have some Christian books over there. Please also take those. And um, we have an offering box if you would like to support the church and the ministries that we do. Uh, you can uh, give your tithes and offering over there, or else we use an app called Tithely. It's spelled T-I-T-H-E-L-Y, Tithely. And just search for Northridge Community Church, Rockford, Illinois. And because there's many Northridge Community Churches across the United States. And... You can give that way, too, digitally. So uh, that's it as far as announcements. We have, um, we're talking about a bringing back the young adult Bible study and doing a bi-weekly thing uh, where it would be women one week and then the next week it would be men. We try to combine it and have all the kids there, and it just didn't work. It just didn't, um, for a lot of people, it wasn't something that they could uh, get on board with. So we're kind of splitting them up for childcare reasons, splitting up the genders, women one week, men the next week. I think it'll just work better that way. So we haven't set, we haven't landed on a time or day yet because I'm trying to just get everyone's schedules and figure all that out. So, but that will be coming. And, um, and also we're thinking about doing like a church cookout at, at me and Nora's house. Also, the date is TBD, so um, but keep that in mind. Um, might be sooner than that. Might be August. Okay. Just kind of laid back, not nothing major, okay. but just a cookout at our house, let the kids play, go swimming, and stuff like that. So <clears throat> that's it as far as announcements. Unless you have any more. Just Jeff? the outreach events next week is probably here on the 29th of, uh, of July. If anybody wants to know about it, wants to come, help them out from nine to eleven. They're giving backpacks out. Okay, so the 29th, July 29th, at the, what was the name of the park again? Well, Quaker Oats Park, you can first drive in. Quaker Oats Park in Belvedere, 9 to 11, handing out backpacks. If you'd like more details, uh, and if you are watching online, uh, just talk talk to Jeff about that. All right, so now we have, uh, we're going to do fresh bread, and Katie, Katie's going to share. So if Katie wants to come up. Katie Matthews is my sister, and and she uh, on vacation said she wanted to share, so nailed her down and asked her to do it, and she she said she would. So we're we're uh, happy to hear from Katie. All right, thanks. Hello guys. <laughs> so I made this fresh bread in my phone like last October, and it's gonna be a two-parter. So the next part will be in October this year. <laughs> So it took me about a whole year, almost a year, to do this because didn't know when, and then he asked me, so I felt like I should do it now. 
because I don't know if I'll ever say this stuff if I don't do it, so might as well. All right, so I wrote my notes down. I most likely will just read it from my notes because I'm nervous, so um, okay. So I've always considered myself an, an optimist. I like to look at things at the bright side. Um, it seems like a topic of conversation lately has been how even though we have made it through tough times and come out on the other brighter side, we still tend to see things in a negative way. Our circumstances led to discouragement and we still just focus on our problems. Now, this goes on great, along great with the worship and the sermon, which is crazy because I wrote this so long ago. But, um, and I made this, the rest of this like last night, so kind of weird that it's the exact same thing you're talking about today, but, or it's a God thing, yeah. right? So, okay, an example of this in my own life was when I found out my fifth pregnancy was about to end in a miscarriage. I've never seen myself in a lower place than this moment. I sang worship and prayed so hard throughout this pregnancy for it to just end. I cried out to the Lord and asked for a few signs. All right. So I have a couple of Bible verses that back this up. So Psalm 18.6. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. Of course, from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him to his ears. God led me to an open space where I sat and prayed to him. Thanks. I sat in silence, waiting for a sign from the Lord. I saw several signs. One, it seems strange to, maybe it sounds strange or something, but I saw a praying mantis. And not only did I see it, but it crawled onto me. And, of course, as I was praying, I, I looked it up, because I had my phone with me, and I was looking, what do they represent? And they represent courage and persistence, as well as prayer. The worship song, this is another sign from God. So while I was sitting there praying, I just started singing this song out of nowhere. The worship song, I'm alive, I'm alive in you. The, the lyrics are, through the dark, I hear your voice. You are strong in my brokenness. Even in the fire, I'm alive in you. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives within me. So God brought this worship song to my mind, and I started singing it. Even though I was so discouraged, somehow God brought me out of it, and I became empowered by his presence. I feel like he grabbed a hold of me and shook me out of it. Psalm 18, 16 through 19. He reached down from on high and took a hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the last day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into the spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. So when searching Google, how do, you, how do I feel uplifted? The answers may be plan your day, stay connected to friends and family, share your worries, focus on a hobby, etc. Nowhere do I see anything about prayer. If a friend is feeling down, you can pray with or for them. If you're feeling down, bring your problems to the Lord, and he will help you through. Part two, coming in October.
Glad I'm going to give you this, one of this this mic here. Okay, you might be able to use this to pass around later on. Yeah, I think we need to look at what God does around us. It's pretty amazing to see how God has has speaks to our heart. Um, we were Ann and I went out to Rock Cut State Park last uh, Sunday. We always wonder, why do we not go out here more often? It's, it's so beautiful there. We were kind of hiking, although they, part of the park is closed because they're re, you can't get off get, get there on Harlem Road right now because they're redoing Olson Lake. Um, so you have to go in from uh, for 173 to get in there. And they thought they would be slower because of that. They said, but they're very busy. They had a very busy season this year, even though there's only one entrance to the park. And we went to the place, uh, there's a, a place where you can rent kayaks and canoes and things like that. And they have a, like a little restaurant there, a snack bar, snack bar basically. And uh, we usually go to Red Oak, but we went to the one right next, it's called Bayview, I believe it was. Spent some time just kind of hiking around there. It was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed just going out there and just uh, sometimes on a Sunday afternoon, just get a cup of coffee and sit and watch the canoes and see the birds. There's a lot of, sometimes you see eagles and hawks above you flying around. Um, it's just a really relaxing place. But God can speak to you. My point is God can speak to you through those situations. I mean, does anybody here have a place they've gone where you felt like God kind of speaks to you? Is anybody that, you have a place? Carrie, how about you? Yeah. Okay, Dan, this is for you. <laughs> it's, it's kind of in a strange place. Um, I don't turn my radio on on purpose. And my mom used to do the same thing, and I kind of wondered why she did it. Now I know. But that's my time that I spend with God, and I pray to him, and I talk to him out loud. And as I pulled into uh, my old school one time, he spoke to me some very true things. And I feel always connected that way. Wherever I go, I'm always with the Lord, and he's always with me. So I'm able to reach him, and he yeah. reaches me. My dad taught me that about yeah. when you're driving, because I, I like to listen to music and sports and things like that. But I have been not turning the radio on more often myself, Carrie. And I find that God does talk to me. The more you listen to God, the more God will speak to you. If you're so busy, and again, I'm, there's nothing wrong with listening to the radio. There's nothing wrong with music, even if it's obviously Christian music good or sports or things like that, but yet you're not taking that time to listen to God. And if you get up in the morning and immediately turn the TV on, or the weather channel, or whatever you do, I mean, you're not listening to the Lord. And again, I'm not reprimanding anybody, because I'm guilty of it too, but we need to spend that time listening to God. Give Him the first part of your day, and just listen to what He has to say to you. You know, And God will, God will speak to you. And sometimes it's it's really obvious. It could be something like a praying man and climbing up your leg, you know. Or it could be a, a rainbow. Or it could be, um, you know, various different ways God talks to us. But we need to be listening to God. We need to take the time. You need to actively listen to God. And that's one of the things that I want to talk about today. And I, I love I, I love a Psalm, so Psalm 34. And here's the question I'm going to ask you today. Psalm 34 is, um, how can we experience God and sense his presence in our life. You want to use this mic? Okay. How, how can we... Let me read Psalm 34 right now. I love. Let me read it. We're going to kind of go through it in, de in more detail. But how can we experience God on a regular basis and sense his presence in our life? 
Okay, let's look at Psalm 34. I just uh, took away my marker when I pulled my notes out of there. Psalm 34. Um, it says this. Now listen to what it says very carefully. It says, uh, a Psalm of David, when he was pretending to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away, and, and he left. I will extol or praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Now, that's easy to do when things are going well, right? It's not so easy to do when things are not going well. How do you praise God when things aren't going well? How do you do that? Um, it goes on to say this. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord. Glorify or magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Remember the verse in... Um, Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord sometime, no, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I had a friend, uh, Tom Douglas, that called me yesterday. He'd been, he's been doing counseling. He's like the campus pastor at, at Timberlake, Camp Kimberly, up in Wisconsin. I said, how are you doing? He said, well, not so good. He said, I was playing basketball with a kid, and I jumped up, and my me, I blew out the, my, not my ACL, but my LC, MCL. And he said, I, it's, I'm really in pretty bad shape. I'm going to probably have to have surgery for sure. And uh, so I'm going to do an MRI. That was yesterday. He said, pray for me as they do an MRI. And then probably surgery coming up soon. And I can't do anything for a while. And he, was, you know, he really enjoyed this job at Camp Timberley. He just resigned from his church down in Champaign area of Illinois about, about a year ago. And he said, I'm going to be isolated for a while, so just pray for me. This is also the week his son's getting married. So he's, they're flying down, I think they're driving down to, I believe, Champagne for the wedding for his son. So this all happened at one time. How do you rejoice in the Lord when that happens? You just do it. What I'm, there's, no, there's no logic to it. I mean, it, logically, it wouldn't seem to make sense to praise God when you're going through trauma. But we still have to do it. Because God tells us to do it. You praise God in spite of what's going on in your life. Don. Yeah, that's a great point, Don. You know, and, what, and one of the things we do, which makes no sense, is we tend to move away from God when something goes wrong. Why? Because we think that maybe God let us down, or maybe he disappointed us. And yet, the very source of our strength is God. So when, when we reject God and don't talk to God or ignore him, you think God doesn't know and you're ignoring him? I mean, you know, we need to praise God and ask for his strength. We need to pray God, ask him for empowerment, to, to do what God wants us to do in spite of our situation. We need, to, we need to really trust God. And we don't know why things happen. By the way, the Bible says, it says in Matthew 5, I think it's verse 35 or so, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. In other words, because you're a Christian doesn't mean you are exempt from things going wrong with your car, things like that, or health issues or something like that. Or maybe a child that's, wayward or something like that. We're not exempt from that because we're Christians. But we should act differently in those situations because 
God is with us, we should act differently and rejoice in him in the, situ- in the same situation we're in. We need to trust him through the hard times. Anne? Yeah, let him know. Let him. We can tell him how we feel first, and then and then go into my day with him. But I'm trusting the Lord. So, st- fast, and you'll lead people through. Exactly. I feel and I know what to do. So yeah, it's just be real. I like that, Dan. Uh, no one explained it this morning, but this mic is for this group. If you all want to come up and talk into the mic, and then they have to, <laughs> so Clyde doesn't have to walk around. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. So when you're going through hard times, let God know, hey, God, I don't get this. Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? This wasn't part of my plan, but, but you must be a part of your plan. I, I had a time when I, I'm really embarrassed to admit this, I'd like to have a better story about how I blew up my ankle, but I was playing tennis with Greg Speck, and I stepped on the tennis ball, and I broke my ankle. And, I'm, and I, it just broke a little tip off the back of the bone on the side, but it really hurt. And I'm laying on the ground, in my, and I'm laying there, and I'm Lord, say, Lord, why did you allow this to happen? You know what he said to me? I had to slow you down somehow. You're too busy. I had to slow you down so I can get your attention. I actually heard him say that. Sometimes God even allows things maybe to get us to slow down. Maybe we're just running too fast. Kristen. Um, I've been reading in this Bible study that I've been doing. Um, it says, it repeats this refrain, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. Or I will again praise him, some translations say. My Savior and my God. But I feel like it's just like, we'll see what he's doing, and we'll praise him for it Amen. in time. I like that. I like that a lot. So, yeah, well, I, why am I down, downcast? Man? But, talk, you know, but I think what answer, be honest with God. Let him know you're disappointed. Let him know you're sad. And let, but let God, let, let God tell you or reveal to his plan for what's going on in your life, right? Uh, a lot of times what we don't see in a situation, God might be pre- preparing us for a bigger trial farther down the road. Uh, a lot of times small things uh, that we've went through, God has strengthened me because I've had a bigger trial farther down the road that I would never have been able to deal with had I not. Uh, trusted God in the small things. Uh, that's a really good. That's a really good example of that. Yeah, trusting God in hard times. Don. I think also we need to remember the scriptures that say, "Who are we to question the God of Well, back you know, look at Job. Job was questioning what God. Job is his family died. He lost he lost everything he had before, and uh, his he had these skin disease all over his body. He was in pain, boils. And, and then he's, he's questioning God. Like, what are you doing, God? Look at, if you look at Job 37 through 40, I believe it is. God really smacks him down. He said, oh, really? You're questioning me? Where were you when I created the earth? Where were you when I created the oceans? And he, he lets him know for, for three chapters, uh, you're questioning me like I don't know what I'm doing? And then Job goes, uh, sorry, God. You're right. I apologize. I trust, put my trust in you. What happened when it happened? Job, Job, everything he had was doubled because it was humility, I think. Nora? And I think, too, and this is easy to say because sometimes we go through things and they're just really hard, but without challenge, you 
no pain, no gain. You know, isn't that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We no pain, no gain. We we need to have struggles in our life. I mean, I look at the times in my life when I've got on my knees and prayed the most. It wasn't when everything was going great. It's when we uh, we couldn't have a second child, and we were sad because at that point we were hoping to have Katie or another a, a baby, but that didn't happen for almost four three and a half years before Ann got pregnant again. I remember we couldn't find a house. We were living in a duplex. And I, I was so frustrated, and I finally got my knees in, in one of the rooms of the duplex, and I said, Lord, what is going on here? And he said, you know, I'll, when you're ready, for the, I'll give you the right place, but you've got to be patient. And so I finally said, if I need to live in this duplex for another two years, then I'll live in the duplex. Well, a, a month later, we found a house. We lived in for nine years on Westchester here in Rockford. Okay, let's go on a little further. Paul says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called out, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The, you know, so that's the first part of this message, okay? The first section of the question, how can you experience God and sense his presence? Number one, we need to be People of praising that praise the Lord. We need to be people of praise. Are you asking yourself the question, am I a person of praise or am I a person of negativity? You know, uh, there's, a ter there's a book called, and I know Nora would probably know it, is a, this is a terrible, awful something day. Alexander and the no good, very bad day. Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah, that's, but a lot of us kind of go through life that way, looking at how it's a terrible, awful Never, not a very good day. But you know, but every day is a blessing. Every day is a blessing. Even when things don't go our way, it's still an opportunity to live and to serve the Lord and to learn from the Lord, okay? We need to change our perspective. And part of that is praising God. Even in the hard times, praising God. Man, that's hard to do. It's only probably the two hardest things to do in life. Well, I mean, there's a lot of them, but those two of them are one of them is praising God when things aren't going right and forgiving somebody who deliberately hurt you. Those are two things that are so hard to do in the Christian life, and yet we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to forgive our enemies. We're supposed to praise God. Mike? Using the microphone. All right. Doing this for Clyde. Mike on the mic. This is for you, Clyde. Okay. This is something short, but I feel like it's something that we can all um, understand as parents. But I think, you know, like keeping a, a lighthearted attitude toward things that are that are really tough and that's not easy in the really big circumstances that go wrong and and the really big tough things that happen in our lives but for example you know like we were just talking about this morning how how hard it can be like parenting with one parent instead of both obviously it's way easier to co-parent together and kind of like figure out where to put your kids and how to situate it all Instead of when it's just you alone, it's it's a lot, a lot more, it's a lot more tough. Yeah. But, um, like at the end of the day, if you can like look at your partner or your wife or your husband and just be like, that was awful. <laughs> like, but it's it's kind of funny. Like you're just like that was terrible. <laughs> like what is happening in our house right now? And you can kind of I don't know. I feel like if you're able to. Be vulnerable. I feel like being being vulnerable with God is is a huge thing. You're talking about like like yeah. telling God how you actually feel in that moment. Being vulnerable with Him, yeah, the same way that you should be vulnerable with your spouse, um, and because that's where the healing begins. That's where the understanding begins yeah. in any relationship. And 
And I feel like if you if you can keep it light as much as possible, um, then it's way easier to have like a better outlook, and you can go back into the situation with a more positive mindset going going into it, to a tough situation. I agree. I agree. You know, David David's one of these guys that say, "God, hello, do you not see my situation?" My son is trying to kill me. Saul's trying to kill me. I mean, you know, everyone's trying to go after me. I mean, I, I don't do that very often. I'm not the kind of person that wants to ever you know, tell God I'm not happy with him because I just feel like I don't, I'm not sure I have the right to do that. But David called the man after God's own heart, and he would tell him just how he felt. Now, we usually come back at the end and say, okay, Lord, I know you're Lord. I just had to get it off my chest. I mean, he doesn't quite say it that way, but that's what he's basically saying. But usually he'll come back and say, okay, God, I know you're in control. I just don't see why, how you're in control right now. I feel out of control even though you're in control. So be vulnerable. God can take it. God's not going to start crying, oh, no, he's, oh, he's mad at me. God can handle anything you give him because he already knows what you're thinking anyway. He's not surprised by what you say because he knows what you think. All right? The next part is this. Uh, so this is, I, I love this area. Uh, this is verses 7 through 6 through 11 it says this this poor man called on the lord and the lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles the angel of the lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them listen to that i love that the angel of the lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them i truly believe that i believe we all have angels i believe we have angels that are active that are that are on guard for us protecting us we have no idea of the things that God protects us from. We'll, we'll, we'll know in heaven, we'll know in heaven the things that could have gone wrong that God protected us from. Anne? That's the key. That's the key, that those who fear him, okay? That's important, and that's the main point. The main point is this, is those who fear the Lord. And that's the second point. We need to be people who fear the Lord. That's my second point. We need to be people who praise the Lord. We need people be people who fear the Lord. Meaning, what do I, when I say by fear, like, oh, we have a healthy respect. Like my, when my dad whistled at me at supper time to come, I knew I had five minutes, and I had a fear of my dad or a respect to my dad because I didn't want to get a switch around my bottom, you know, because I was dawdling around or something like that. So when I heard that whistle, I knew I had not much time to get... I know a doddle. It's an old word. Uh, so, Clyde. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is, is in Proverbs. I think it's one of many places in Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We should fear God. We should respect him, have an awesome. I, I believe the word awesome should be reserved for God. I do. Our God is an awesome God. I really think the word awesome should be reserved for God. That's just my opinion. Um, our God, is, we, should have a, God, we should have an awesome f respect for God. Like, God could crush us at any time. He could suck the air right out of our lungs or stop our heart from beating. He could. He has that power. But So that's why we need to have an awesome respect for God, but also God's a loving God. He loves us more than we'll ever know. Okay? It says this, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. You know, I was going through this Bible study last night. I was having a hard time um, figuring out how to outline it. So I thought, well, I'm just going to go through it. I mean, just read it again. 
and it was just so obvious. It was so obvious the the outline just flowed so easily. Okay, and then that goes to verse eleven. Um, it says, "The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing." Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So we need to be people who praise the Lord and people who fear the Lord. The next section is this. We need to be people who, this is kind of a two-parter, control our tongues and who do good for others. Controlling our tongues is really important. We can say things, we can hurt people so bad with our tongues. We can say things that are so hurtful. I mean, just crush them with, with, our, with our tongues. And yet we can also build people up with our tongues. We can, we can encourage people with our tongues. So having your, controlling your tongue, um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, out of your, from your tongue comes the thoughts of your heart. I can't remember that. I think it's in First Peter. Out of your tongue comes the thoughts of your heart. So when you have some hateful words coming out of your tongue, it's coming from your heart. It's not just coming off your tongue. It's coming from your brain and your heart. Okay, so it says this, verse 12, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Okay, so here's a couple thoughts here. Um, we need to seek peace. We, if, you know, if you, if you control your tongue, you're probably going to have peace. If you, if you control your tongue and don't say stupid stuff, Things that you regret. I've done that way too many times in my life. Said things that, and it's hard to, when you've hurt somebody, it's hard to get it back on track. You can try your best, but sometimes it's just hard to get people to forgive you and to trust you again. So, yeah, Mike? I'm not going to talk on the mic. Um, but have you ever, sorry, I got, I got you down, I'll talk about um, I feel like in moments, if you're going into a tough conversation that you know you're going into a tough conversation um, and you're kind of like worked up a little bit but you know you need to have a good conversation with somebody right. it might be hard um, the difference and I've done I've done it many times but the difference between I think everyone needs a, like a lapel mic on their shirts so they can just always turn it on and off it's in the budget um, $10,000 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think going into a conversation that's really tough and like you're saying, it's so easy to speak um, deceit and speak awful words because it's, it's us and our human nature. But I feel like when, when I'm able to like actually try to recenter and, and focus and pray around the conversation I'm about to have, I can sit and focus more on what I'm going to say back to the person in the conversation because I feel like the spirit is like holding my heart gently, you know, and helping me out. Yeah. So I think that is really important. It is. And I, one thing I've learned to do, I'll just say, you know, I really don't, I, I, I don't like conflict. I don't, I don't like conflict. And I'd say, you know, I'd say, you know, I really don't like, I don't even want to have this conversation. And they said, what do you mean? I said, cause I love you. I don't want to say something. I don't want to have a. I don't want to have anything between you and me. But I so I really am. I'm very uh, concerned about what I'm going to say because I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And they say I feel the same way. Almost always they go. I feel the same way. I don't want to have a tension with you. And oftentimes you find it was just a misunderstanding. 
You know, you just, maybe you just heard something wrong or maybe you heard a lie or something like that. And so, um, so be careful of what you say and do good. How to look for ways to do good for other people. I had a guy, you've, told, you've heard the story about the guy that came to this church when we were across the street at the Y. And he came in, he was kind of cantankerous one day. My sermon was how to get along with everybody. And this guy came in, he was just rude and obnoxious. And people thought it was a skit. They really thought it was a skit. Because it was so, remember that guy? And so the guy was such a, such a jerk. And he, the whole service, he was mocking me and harassing me. And I'm like, I can't get mad at him because my sermon is about how to not get mad at anybody. I mean, it was, it, was, it was like God punked me that day. I'm not kidding. And when he walked out, he shook my hand. He goes, Pastor Jeff, that was a really good sermon. Thank you very much. And I'm like, I saw that guy at McDonald's yesterday. And, and, and he's talking to me. He says, are you the pastor of Northridge Community Church? I said, yeah, I came there one time. I said, I remember. <laughs> he said, I'm sorry. Was I kind of a jerk? I said, yeah. He goes, he goes, I didn't say that. He goes, I said, yeah, you are rather brusque. He goes, I'm sorry. I, was having a bad, I didn't have a job, and I was having a bad day, and I just took it out on you. I said, but you came at the very end and you were really nice, which kind of was kind of weird. He said, well, I want to apologize for how I acted that day. Now, this is like 10 years ago, and I saw that very guy at McDonald's yesterday. He was asking me for money. Uh, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, so the point is that we need to be careful of what we say. Speak, speak kind thoughts, speak nice to people, and do good for others. Look for ways to do good for others. Look for opportunities. It's not hard to do. If you look around, if you're willing to look, it's not hard to do. Now, you've got to be careful because in every corner in Rockford now, there's somebody that's a panhandler. Okay? Ann. Okay. So, <laughs> so the Bible does say to guard your mouth. So every morning, since I tend to get a little mouthy sometimes, I ask the Lord to put a guard, a guard on my mouth. You know, I'm putting on the armor of God, and I get to my mouth, I go, and please... Put a, guard Put a muzzle mouth. on it. Yeah, <laughs> that I won't sin against you, Lord, like the Bible says. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. So really, watch your words. We're, we're, there's a verse in Philippians. I'm uh, sorry, Ephesians four twenty nine. Don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only that the built up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So be careful of what you say. Words can heal and hurt. Words can damage. Okay. Okay. That's the. Uh, let me finish this one up. This is, this is the fourth part of the sermon. Uh, we need to be people who live righteously and humbly. Okay? It says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cries. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil and blot out their name from earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit, okay? So what does that mean to be righteous? How do you be righteous? Then it goes on to say this. The righteous person uh, may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all their bones. Not one of them will be broken, okay? Uh, it says the Lord will rescue this, his servants. No one who takes re refuge in him will be condemned. Evil will, will slay the wicked, and the, the foes of the righteous will be condemned. How do you be righteous? What does that mean? I don't feel like I can say I'm a righteous person. 
But what does it mean to be righteous? Or at least seek to be righteous? What is the word, the main word in righteous? It's right. Doing the right thing. Doing what's the right thing to do. Like being honest. Being honest and being um, kind. Being loving. Being non-judgmental. Those are right things we should do. Looking to do the right thing in a certain situation. I mean, it doesn't mean we're, we're, no, we're, we're all sinners fall, saved by grace. It says that in Romans 3.23. We're all sinners saved by grace. But we need to seek out being loving and kind and righteous and honest and have integrity. Those are all things that should be part of our life as Christians. We're not going to have, we're not going to hit a thousand. I mean, in baseball, they start the season, everyone's batting a thousand. But at the end of the first day, everyone's batting 250. Think about that. And then for the White Sox, it's worse than that right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> it's a, another year. Okay, no. Anyway, my point I'm making is that we need, we need to tr do our best to live in a way that honors God and helps others. Here's the way you know you're honoring God by are you helping other people? Are you supportive of other people? Do you, are you, you have kind words for them? Are you there to support them? I did a funeral on Friday for a, a lady, um, she passed away, Sharon, it was Sharon, um, she had a, I can't remember her last name, but uh, she, she died of cancer, pancreatic cancer, and she was Louise Carlson's sister, Bill Hoffman's sister, and um, she, um, and Joyce Swanson's sister, she uh, was a lady that was an artist, and she would do all kinds of uh, decorations for houses and things like that, and, um, and, I, and her son, he has one son, his name is Chuck, and I was there to support him, and uh, he was really having a hard time with his mom passing away, and because uh, he she was his main support system. He has a lot of health issues, and he's had kind of a tough life. So I just started meeting with him a little bit and try to encourage him a little bit because he's really having a hard time trying to process his mother's death and all that's going through in his life right now. I went to another uh, kind of a family reunion slash funeral yesterday for uh, Marcy Wilson. Uh, this is. This is um, Drake and uh, Lucas's aunt. Her, her sister died and uh, back in the spring, and we had a kind of a family reunion, a memorial service. It wasn't really a memorial service because there was also an aunt that died. Aunt Linda was 80, so they had it for both of them. But we come there and try to encourage, encourage the kids and encourage Marcy. Um, and just to say words of kindness and love. You know, I, I can't tell you how important it is to show up. I can't tell you how important it is when somebody is in the hospital to go visit them. Or if somebody's had a funeral that you go visit. One of our neighbors got killed in a car accident. Well, she died two weeks later. Her name is Glenda. And her, her funeral's tomorrow at Holy Family. We're going to go see the people there because uh, Glenda was a nice neighbor. We loved her. She got hit in a terrible car accident on the corner of Perryville and uh, Guilford, right by Midway Village, about two weeks ago. And uh, five cars hit him. It was a really bad accident. And so we're going to, and we, and Ann and I saw her, it was a God thing. We saw her at the hospital a week before she died. And she was so sweet and so pleasant and almost looked angelic. And so he, something in her eyes was different. Really felt the Lord was with her. And she was so nice. And we had such a nice talk. And of course, we prayed with her. And then she died a week later. 
Um, so uh, we're going to go. So we have a lot of funerals going on right now. But being there for people is so important to be there and show up. Just your presence. You don't have to say, because usually when you say something, it's the wrong thing to say. Just go up and give them a hug. Say, I'm really sorry for your loss. And I, I'll, I'll be here for you. That's all you got to say. That's all you got to say. So you know, just we need to learn to live righteously and honor God. Ask yourself the question, is what I'm doing right now honoring God? That's what you know what righteousness is. We know when we're not honoring God. And I think you kind of know when you are honoring God. And You're representing Christ in this, the people around you. And so I'm going to close right there. Uh, Psalm 34 is a, a, a secret, the secret to comfort is Psalm 34. God comforts us. God protects us. More than you'll ever know, God is there for you. If you're on Facebook, thanks for listening today. We really appreciate it. If you've never given Christ your life, please say, do it today. Say, Lord Jesus, I need a Savior, and I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord, and I'm going to live my life to honor you from this day forward. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a new life in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.